0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes each day, though, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to grow stronger and stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But being in God's Word all the always, every day, also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God, upon our soul's salvation. We encourage you to share these short studies every day with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people who, who need to turn their lives around, who need to look at their relationship with God. You may help somebody do that. You may help somebody eventually get to heaven by getting them into these studies every day. What a great blessing that will be for them and for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about the idea that God says, but I think, you see how we tend to so many times we want to change what God's word says, what God says through his word to what we want it to say. God says, but I think well, we talked about how God talks to us, that is through his word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God's very word, God breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. God's word is all sufficient to teach us the truth of his will for our lives now we need to pray to god please guide us please help us to see how what decision do i need to make in this particular circumstance that i'm facing right now but god's word as far as how to follow him in faithful obedience how to be saved how to be how to stand redeemed before him how to be able to look forward to an eternal home in heaven god's word gives us that So we've noted when when we read God's word, that's God speaking to us. He speaks to us through his word. So when we're reading God's word, when we're reading scripture, the Bible, that's God saying what he wants us to understand and how he wants us to live. So we looked at the very principle of, well, can I change it though? to make it more relevant to the times in my mind? Can I change it to make it fit my situation in life? Well, realizing it or not, a whole lot of people replace what God says, what God commands in his word with what they think or what they want God's word to say. Hmm. Well, we looked at that particular premise and we saw that that is not right. That is absolute error It is the devil leading us in a wrong direction and ultimately a direction of potential condemnation for all of eternity. Remember when the devil came before Jesus after he had fasted for 40 days as he was ready to begin his public ministry upon this earth as the Savior? And so after 40 days, he must have been hungry. And some people, I I would think from my perspective, if I had fasted for 40 days, I'd probably be somewhat emotionally and maybe even mentally drained. And so the devil picked that time to attack Jesus in his human form, although still fully divine. And so he said, if if, if, if you're the son of man, if you're the son of man, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus responded, it is written, it is written, where? Where? in God's word, in the Bible, in Scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every time the devil confronted him with a temptation, at that particular time, Jesus responded with Scripture. God's word is sufficient for us. We don't need to be looking beyond God's word, and we certainly don't want to come up short of God's word. Because according to Revelation chapter twenty-two verses eighteen and nineteen, that puts us in a position of potential condemnation. Well, so the very principle falls. It is not okay for us to say, "Well, I, I know what God what God's word says, but but I think." I actually had a couple tell me that one time when they talked to me about would I perform a marriage ceremony for them when they. From what the scriptures teach, that seem to indicate that they were not in a position of, of being scripturally qualified to marry one another. And so as we, as we spoke, the man said, basically along this line, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I think if we just, see, he was replacing what God says with what he thinks or with what he wanted God's word to say. Well, let's look at another one here. God's word says there is one true church, but I think all churches ought to be okay. All denominations are okay. Well, when you look at what all the denominations teach, and you could boil it down to just the position of how do I come to salvation through Jesus Christ? They teach all kinds of different doctrines of salvation, all kinds, but then also just On the face of it, they have all kinds of different positions and identities. Just go down the street and and write down, or click in your mind anyway, all the different names of all the different denominational churches. Different, aren't they? One after another, different. This one's named this name, and that one's named another name, and the next one's named another name, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And I, I really don't know how many different, Churches there are listed in the, in the census or the statistics that talk about churches that claim to be Christian, followers of God through Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to establish that kind of confusion. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus told the apostles, and I'm speaking directly to Peter here, but the rest of the apostles were there. He said, I'll, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, Now, if you read back, Peter had just made a confession of faith in Jesus. That's that's the rock that he's talking about. There's one huge denomination that says Peter was the first pope, and and Jesus was telling Peter that he was going to build his church on Peter, the rock. That's not what the Greek word says. That Greek word for Peter is like little rock, pebble. When Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church, that's a completely different Greek word. And it means big rock, like foundation rock or boulder, something like that. It's not talking about building his church on Peter. But on this rock, the confession of faith that you just made in me as God's son and the Lord and Savior, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus said he would build his church he would did not say he would build denominations the word denomination means at its base division and that's exactly what denominationalism has done to the church to those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ well let's look at what the apostle paul wrote in ephesians chapter 1 ephesians chapter 1 identifying the church that is God's will that Jesus established upon this earth. Beginning with verse 23, the apostle Paul wrote, and he, that is God, put all things under his feet, that is under Christ's feet, and gave him, Christ, to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the apostle Paul, in writing Divinely inspired Scripture. This is God's very word, remember, Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen. He identified the church as the body of Christ. Now in this same letter written by the Apostle Paul, Ephesians, we look at chapter four and verse four, where he begins to lay out seven basic doctrinal principles of Christianity. And the very first one he lists is there is one body one body. Now, he's already identified what that body is back in chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It's the church of Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus came to establish upon this earth. There is one body, he says. Now, we don't like that. We want to be able to have it our way, don't we? Well, you know, you all over there, you, you think that, that you have to be baptized by immersion. We, we think we ought to be able to just... Pour some water over somebody's head, and that ought to be sufficient. You, you folks over there, you, you, you think that uh, you need to partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week, every Sunday. We think, yeah, once a month or once every six months even ought to be okay. And the differences doctrinally go on and on and on and on and on. Well, what does the Bible say? What does God say? Well. God's word says to worship him in specific ways. But then we come along and we say, but I think, you know, the times dictate that we can change things and whatever makes me feel good in worship to God, that that ought to be okay. Well, does God's word say that you can change how he wants you to worship him to suit yourself just to make you feel good? Is that what God says? Jesus said these words in John chapter 4, beginning with verse 23. He said, the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Now, did you get that concept there? That basic concept that Jesus is talking about true worshipers, worshiping the Father in spirit and truth? Now, by talking about true worship and worshiping in truth, then that leaves the understanding that that, in fact, identifies the understanding that there are those who will not worship God in truth, and therefore that will not be true worship according to God's instructions. Jesus went on and said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, some people, they seem to want to focus on the spirit. They want to jump up and down. They want to get all emotional and all of that. And Now, to some extent, some of that may be okay, the jumping up and down. I don't know where you get that out of the scriptures, but the idea of worship, having some connection with emotion, well, sure, but it can't be driven only and primarily by emotion. Jesus says You must worship God in spirit and truth. Well, what is the truth behind the worship that God instructs us to be involved in as we come together as that one body, Ephesians 4 and verse 4, which is the church that Jesus established on this earth, and worship God in the way he wants us to worship him. We'll start to talk about that in more detail next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to open our eyes to the truth of your word and to not try to change it, but to embrace it and humble ourselves before you to live by the truth of your word, what you say to us through Scripture. And that includes how we worship you and how we need to structure ourselves as the church that you sent your son to establish in this earth. Please guide us, Father. Please forgive us and hear a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.